secret view, and then I need to... I saw him creeping in the corner. Hey, that, that, sh- right. that Schomburg edit was that Schomburg edit, edit was nice, man. I liked some of the shots in there, man. It came out really good. He says he really likes the Schomburg edit and the shots. It came out really good. He said thank you. <clears throat> You're welcome. God, thank you. Thank you, sir. I'll have so much fun. Thank you, sir. Had so much fun. <laughs> that's what he said. <clears throat> Was and that good? They did that I justice. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I sounded like, probably. Probably. I. Uh, do you want me to put a shirt? You don't care. That's your bougie cup. Oh, the Reach Out Reptiles cup. Oh, do I got bougie that's, cup here? I got bougie cup two. I got bougie, bougie cup three, bro. You seen this? I've thing? got. But I'm drinking uh, 1792 out oh. of a 1792 glass. Which 1792 is that? I have multiples because of Sir Stephen Livingston. I've got so, a bunch of 1792 upstairs, too. I got the full proof. I got the small batch. Um, I think I have all one All right, other. this is this one, yellow. <laughs> Standard? What is that? Bottled in bond? Yes, that's the 100 proof. I think I have that one too, actually. Yes, this is the hunter proof, but then I have the t- aged 12 years and signed by the guy who likes to taste this stuff a lot. What do you call oh, that's that? That's cool. One? That's cool. Who's the guy? I don't know. DSK Squiggle. Okay. TSK Squiggle? <laughs> DSK Squiggle. No, it's, DSK. it's, okay, it's, okay. it's like this is autographed. Like this is ink. I, see, I could scratch yeah, I see it, it off. I see it. Yeah. So it's signed by the whoever it is. Let me see. Yeah, it doesn't say it. But anyway, it's, it's fun, the twelve years. It's funny. It's funny you bust that out because I actually just did a uh, just recorded an episode of of Whiskey Wimps with something that's <coughs> made. It's sourced from seventeen ninety. I'm, I'm going to go whiskey nerd here for a minute. It's sourced from Barton, who makes that, but mm. it's not Barton. It's it's a brand called Old Calumet. There's another brand they make called Sam Houston. And I, I had it recently, but today I got uh, this Michter's, but I, it is sponsored by the Whiskey Wimps. Cool. Thanks, Whiskey Wimps. And thanks, Steve Lindstein, for keeping Garrett on the loop of yeah, Steve lo- loopiness. Check this he thing out. He asks every time. Every time there's a show, he's like, are you guys going to record a podcast? And I said, yes. Yeah, he hit, he hit me up, too. And then we didn't, but this yeah, is the first good. time. This is the first time that we did not make it on time. Since we started the podcast, this is the first time we've been. Yeah, late. but but we kind of aren't late because we planned it. <laughs> I mean, we it was a, yes, it, it was it late. was a late. I mean, we tried to do it before, it just didn't work out. You were too busy getting ready for stuff, and then our schedules just weren't aligning. But it it just is the first time we have not. How about this? It's the first time we haven't put it out on the seventeenth. Yeah, the month. yeah. Which you care more about that than me or anyone else in the audience? I think. Oh yeah, but yeah. Guaranteed. We we normally release on the seventeenth, so we we're going to do that. And I was like, well. Schomburg is on the 19th. I'm going. You're not going. No. Why don't we just talk about that? Right. You know what I mean? Why, why don't we wait until after the week? We'll be a couple days late. But I think it'll be interesting, you know, just to... Because we usually podcast kind of around some reptile shows and stuff like that. So 
Not yeah, that it has yeah. to be all about reptiles, but it is searchable as reptiles. True. But that was the whole point. I mean, we, we had that whole conversation with Dave about religion for like 45 minutes, almost the whole podcast that one time, or like at least two-thirds of it. And that's fine. Like, that's, that's, Did, didn't doesn't we also have to be. Didn't talk to Clint about religion the whole time? Mm, no, not really. We talked about Star Wars. We talked about. Uh, yeah, that's like, what I said, religion. <laughs> Good one. Good one. I see what you did there. That uh, anyway. Speaking cool of deal. religion, dude, can I tell? Can I before we get into? I, I I feel like I'm basically going to be interviewing you about Schomburg, um, this thing because I, I want to know. I don't about think it. It I'll tell you a little bit that about, way, but let's. Not, speak but, about well, I feel like I want to because I, I do want to know kind of what it was like. I want to get some details, at least from your perspective, and then also yeah. uh, I'll give you a little touch of what you know because I went to a reptile show too. Uh, it just wasn't the whole weekend, and it wasn't Schomburg, and. But there's a couple things I just want. Speaking of the religion thing, I'm going to go to uh, I'm going to go to a service tomorrow for the first time in I don't know how long. Just kind of on my own. I thought that might be something you might be interested in, so I'm telling you now. <laughs> cool. Where are you going? How come? Why? It's a place uh, that on? place up here, just north of us in in Paso. Um, our neighbor. Is, I had a great conversation with her one day, and uh, just. I mean, to make a long story short, just I got really good energy from her. And then it, that's it essentially led to this, like really good energy. Like we had this talk for hours and like just it reminded me of you. I, I told her about you. I told her about Clint, told her about a couple of the people that <laughs> just, you know, made me feel because here's 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 the truth. I've always been a little I've always been a little wary of any kind of or, organized religion whatsoever. I mean, I've been to church a few times. My, my grandma um, is Catholic, still practices, still goes to church all the time. I've gone to, with her to mass and stuff. My, my parents both, when they were children, came up like that, but I didn't. Like, I didn't, we didn't go to church growing up and stuff like that. And then I've just always been kind of skeptical of organized religion, again, to, like, just because the, the fallibility of man. You know, it's not necessarily the, it's not, not God's fault. It's the Do you feel the same way about science, which was also invented by fallible man? Sure, yeah. Sure. I just wanted to throw that out there just to be a, Jerk. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. why not? I, I just thought it'd be cool. I'm gonna bring the kids, you know, let them let them check it out. I, I was just open to it. It's, ma- it's mainly because of the person involved, you know. I was like, it was just well, like that's, this that's actually great energy. Of... It's just like I get from you. Just like I get from you. Yeah, like yeah. you're one of the people that sure. gives, you know, or potentially organized religion a good name. I think. And I, well, uh, you know, I'll tell you, that's that's uh, kudos to your neighbor. You know what I mean? Because I I think that. You know, so here's the idea, right? Let's let's say you found religion and you feel like your religion is bringing you on a better path, leading you to salvation, whatever it is, it's benefiting and blessing your life, right? There's something weird where people get super shy about what they believe. I think maybe they're afraid of ridicule and a lot of people like to ridicule religion. I remember one time you were telling me like, I'm super protective of you, Garrett. <laughs> when well, discussing yeah, was, people talk about my religion because I don't care. I just I talk about it. But well, that was one thing um, I talked with her about too. I was like, you know, there's, I just, I don't want to be judged by people like at the church even. I don't want to go to the church and feel like people are just judging me, which is obviously not the, that's like one of the things I always believed in the teachings of Jesus Christ. Like those, those are things that I've always believed in. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, be a good person, basically. Like, that yeah. sounds like a great idea. Um, you know, don't judge people and try to treat people the way you well, like to be treated. All I think the thing things. is this. <clears throat> you might get judged by people at church. You might get judged by people at the grocery store. You might be getting judged by people right now because you're drinking alcohol without a shirt on on a podcast. <laughs> but I don't know what the difference is. There's a weird thing about church. And the thing is, with the people that do go to church, 
I, I think if this is, you know, the circle around back to my point, if you found something great in your life, if you're like, yo, Garrett, check it out. The PPP loan, uh, government's giving out money. You have a business. You should apply for it. We got a lot of money. Hey, Garrett, check it out. You know what I mean? I, I found a new dog and it's an awesome dog. Come pet my dog. You know, hey, Garrett, guess what? I'm in love. Hey, Garrett, guess what? I found Jesus. Oh, don't talk about that one, though. You know what I mean? It's only the most significant thing that happens to you, according to a lot of people, right? But they, but, but there's like a weird thing where they don't talk about it. So what I'm saying is kudos to your neighbor for saying, you know what? I love you, neighbor. I care about you enough that um, I've found this thing that has been a, a blessing in my life. I would love to for you to experience that with me. It's just like if if you were like, oh, Garrett, go check out this cool spot with me and Brian Gundy where we find snakes every time we go, right? I took you to Snake Island. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go to Snake Island. Let's go check it out. Well, no, I, I haven't been there yet. Just to oh, you know, that's well, I take everyone except for you. Impart things no. upon me that I haven't actually done, but yeah, uh, I'd like to so, go there. Well, <laughs> theoretically, I would take you to Church and Snake Island. You just have to come out here, but. But I, I do think it is weird how many people go to church and then don't talk about it. Hmm. That was the do thing. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Literally, I, I felt this light coming off of her, like when we were talking. Like I, I actually broke down in tears for no reason, apparent, no apparent reason. I wasn't feeling traumatized at all. It, just, it was just the, like the sheer amount of energy that I was feeling with her. I was like, dude, this is like, like I'm feeling what you're, like we're having such a good conversation. It was just like, and then she was like, yeah, it's just. Uh, I since you recognize that, I mean, I'd just really love to share with you like where what that is for me and like how I feel that I you were even seeing that and that's yeah. that's where it led. And I said, you know, at some point I'd love to come down and check it out, you know. And so that's tomorrow for me. This was like a month or so ago or two that we had this conversation. But right on, yeah. Well, and the the real question is is it, for, is it is it for no reason? You know what I'm hmm? saying? It's like it's like if you're watching a sad dog commercial or you, you know like you watch a little Dalmatian drag a firefighter out of a fire and you start crying. It's for no reason. You're not traumatized. You're not getting burned or whatever, but you're like the damn dog understands self-sacrifice and I just want to have a purpose in my life. You, you know what I'm saying? There there maybe there's some kind of like yearning or something there. You know what I'm saying? That is intriguing you. And, you know, so there probably is a reason. Maybe you'll find out what it is when you go. You know, I don't know. You'll have to let us, we'll have to talk about that. Bring it up on the, you're, you're going this Sunday, you said, tomorrow? Tomorrow, correct. So, um, yeah, we'll have to be, talk about it on the next I'm podcast. I'm planning for this to yeah, come yeah. out, since it doesn't matter that it's not the 17th. This, is, this will be coming out on Wednesday. You'll the, have already gone. Yeah. Whatever day that I'll have already gone by the time this comes out. And then uh, also on that same day, it'll be the, Whiskey Wimps, I'm plugging the Whiskey Wimps again. That that's coming out that same day, as well as the uncut video, which is actually us testing some whiskey from Costco on the Whiskey Wimps set, but like a more Costco uncut version. Like take the camera off the tripod, and the, the kids are there, and Hillary's there, and we're running around like chickens. But um, <laughs> but there's one more thing right before we get into the Schomburg stuff. There's one more thing I want to bring up, and it's this book that I just got today, and uh, one of my favorite YouTubers that I watch, Peter McKinnon, had a talked about. Just a task book. I don't remember exactly what they called it. I wrote on the front of it, critical tasks daily is what I wrote on the inside page. And that's what I'm going to write down. Eight things. And you've talked about this before with me on the podcast. You, I don't know if it was Franklin or, yeah, or Jefferson. It was one of those two, right? <laughs> I still have them all over my desk, yeah. Yeah. So I've just, just this one book just to, because I, I do a lot in a day, but sometimes I feel like I, I don't know, you know, I've been kind of getting a little bit out of shape again and falling off on that and I just this seemed like something that could work for me something physical and 
And the idea was you have to have it physical and like actually write it on a paper and cross them out every day. And my last thing on, so I want to read them what they are and then see where this has gotten me next month when we podcast and see if like I've stuck with it and if there's actually progress being made. I'd love to do that if you don't mind. No, go for it. And then like, if you want to hear it, I'll tell you a couple things I've learned after the last, because I've been doing this since we started Reach Out Reptiles. Mm, One of the first things I did was I sat down and I printed these out so that I could write it with a pen because I'm old school like that. Not that you have to, but, and I've been doing it for three years and I think we've accomplished a lot. So I've learned a few things about scribbling things down and following through. So go ahead. Let's hear what you got. Sure. Yeah. When I know I really want to get something done, I write it down. Like if there's things I really want to make sure I bring to a show, I write it on a piece of paper so I can check it off. But this is the first time I've made it like plan to do it every day type thing. So it's just simple. And it's, and it's not always things that like guaranteed it, there's going to be things that I do that are not necessarily written down. Like we're having the podcast that I knew that was happening. I didn't write that down as a critical task. I just kind of knew like that's going to happen. I don't need to write it down. Um, so this isn't like my to-do list. I don't want people to think this is all I'm going to do in a day because that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, it's just the things that I felt like I needed to cross off a list and make sure that actually happened for sure. It's uh, clean all snakes, feed babies, edit, export, and upload one video. Uh, 10,000 steps, 100 push-ups, and core exercise, burn more calories than eat, one glass of whiskey, no cigar, no eating after 9 p.m., fold laundry, make tomorrow's list. So I got a <laughs> few of those crossed off already. Actually, I need to cross off the push-up one right now because I did it right before we sat down and the core stuff. Um, cool. Still need to get the 10,000. I'll get that after we're done. And then tomorrow is check out new church, one, one, run one mile, uh, plus core, plus pull-ups, burn more calories than eat, no eating after 9 p.m., no whiskey, uh, get more obey sunset shot, that's for Matt, and then take two pictures of two snakes that I need to take pictures of, for sure, and then make tomorrow's list. So it's eight things on each one, and the last one is always make tomorrow's list. And as I mentioned, there's going to be a lot of other things I do tomorrow that are not necessarily on the list, but uh, I, don't know. I just, I just want to see how it goes. I just want to talk about it for a minute so I can kind of check in with myself here and everybody next month and mm-hmm. see where I've gotten with this. Thank you, sir. For yeah, no, I, I like it. So, so for me, when it started out, it, you know, I called it time management, but it really is not time management. Um, I have like a kind of just an hourly thing about, you know, like for example, like, all right, I need to get off work by this time or whatever. That's on my thing. Cause I want to have personal time with the family or whatever. But there's one part that I think is the most important part about it. And then there's another thing that is, there's one trick. And then there's there's one thing to kind of realize about what you write down the list. Okay, so the most important thing about mine, and this was stolen from ben, Benjamin Franklin's time management thing, is that there is uh, on my sidebar on mine, uh, this is like all my tasks. This is kind of like a daily schedule. And then over here, there's like this little sidebar. The sidebar has two questions. And... It includes some time for self-reflection, right? So it's built into this because you should do this, I think, at the beginning and the end of a day. So right in the, it says the morning question, what good shall I do today? The evening question, what good have I done today? And so just kind of like you, you just did that. I don't know if you realize it or not, but you wrote that you, you called it out on this podcast so that we can circle back around next time and see if you did it or not. Mm -hmm. But you're saying, I want to see how this goes. And then we'll talk about it afterwards. So I think it's cool. Before you start the day, it's not a task. It's just what good shall I do today? Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that that centers you 
with the right mindset. Because you can be angry about stuff. You be pissed. You want to get revenge on somebody. You want to call somebody out. You want to this. You want to do that. But if you sit down and the first question you ask yourself as you're like, all right, I'm going to do the snake thing today is what good shall I do today? And you set just a, a, and I keep it fairly vague, but it is a goal and it's something that I think about, you know? And then for me, that includes like uh, when, when I'm thinking about what good shall I do for, for the day, I, I try to like include some people in some prayers. You know what I mean? Think about some people that are going through some hard times and just be thinking about them and remember them. So I kind of did so. that because for whatever reason, I was <clears throat> mildly embarrassed about reading out. I don't know why. It's, it's not, it doesn't have a number on no, the list, new. but it is on tomorrow. It's to uh, make sure I take some time for some baseball with Noah because he had his last game today. And they did, they did great. His team creamed the other team, which was fantastic to, to watch. But, <laughs> and he got on base every time. It was great. But his catching, his catching looked a little like it needed quite a bit of work. So I wanted to make a point of working on that with him tomorrow also. But I didn't put that down. as I wrote it down, but it's not like numbered with, as one of my critical tasks. So I think that was right, kind of right. my way of like, what good am I going to do? It's gonna, that's, yeah. I couldn't think of something better than helping him out with his catching game, you know, and making sure I have some time for that at some point. So that's, that's my number one main point. What good shall I do? And then at the end of the day, it's good to reflect on what good did I do? Because if the day went off the rails somewhere, you can be like, oh, man, I really screwed that up. You know what I mean? And you can fix that and make it a priority for the next day or something. If You, you know what I'm saying? And it's, mm-hmm. it's at a very just a base level being a good human being. <clears throat> the, um, the tactical thing that I did is I end up having, I got a million of these things printed out, but I have a little list where I break out my daily tasks. And now that I have so many employees, I've gotten away from this, but it, it would be very, probably very good for you. And I should probably get back to it too. I'm just too reactionary at this point <clears throat> um, instead of being proactive about things. But I basically said, okay, Mondays you know, are going to be this day. Tuesday is going to be that day. Wednesday is going to be that day. So for me, it was like Monday is snake cleaning day. Tuesday is creative editing day. Wednesday is, you know, and I don't know what your day is, but you have kind of like recycling weekly tasks that you go through. And so if you break those into different days, what it allows you to do is you can kind of, to an extent, batch those activities and become more effective at them. I mean, you can imagine if you tried to clean all your snakes a little bit every day, like one cage, and then I'll get back to it, and then I'll do three cages this afternoon, and I get back to it. It's way less effective. It takes more time over the course of your week than if you just set out all your cleaning stuff, you rip through it, and you're done, and you feel good about something. On that, on that point, I clean all of my. I generally clean everything <clears> in one day, but then I have one section of snakes where I know they need attention more than. Uh, more often than the rest of them, because I try not to bother them if I don't have to. You know, you want them to breed well. I don't want them to feel like they're getting freaking poked at every single day, because that's not good for, you know, uh, healthy breeding, in my opinion, and probably yours too. Um, But I do have one section that I'm like, I need to pay attention to these more often than the rest of them. They're all one spot, so I can go through those at the same time, every time. um, So so it kind of helps to break your week down into the tasks that recycle on a weekly basis. Um, And that can go along with your to-do list then the and other some of thing these about i'm hoping the, just end up being like <clears throat> becoming a habit that i don't even write them down i just know this is going to happen less calories than you consume that kind exactly. of thing right yeah no i think that's good um and if it is something like that you you might be able like what i did was i just i printed them out so that every day you know i have to do this thing or whatever it's and maybe that's my eat i bet less that calories. works great for you for me it makes me think too much of like school which i have very not fond memories of. However, this little book feels really good in my hand. 
<laughs> well, I, like, so I my, rub it on my face. It's like Ed's papers. I'm just like, oh, it's so nice. <laughs> it's good about being tactical. I'm trying to bring some of that back in the reptile industry too, just because, I, I mean, you probably remember growing up with like reptiles magazines and things like that. It's different yeah. than it is now. So the, the third thing, the thing that I learned is I used to put too many things on my list. Mm. And it's much more important to have, I would say, half a dozen things or less on your list that critically need done. And this is what's amazing. There are certain things that you don't want done. I'm doing a lot of it right now with the bank. <laughs> so I have all kinds of banking paperwork, which is like, I hate it. I, oh my gosh, do I hate it. But so on those days that I really don't want to make like another set of financial projections for the bank for 2021 quarter four, right? That's like, oh, that just sounds awful just saying it. Um, that'll be the only thing I write on the list. Because there's lots of other things I do. And then I sit down and I go, okay, what was on the list today? Oh, yeah, that one stupid thing. Oh, I hate that thing. And it just stares at you until you get it done. Because the stuff you like doing, you don't have to write that down on your list. This right. stuff's going to happen right. anyway. That's kind of how so. I'm looking at it, too, totally. Like, Yeah, so I think you Yeah, I think you have a good... I just figured I would share because I've been doing that for like three years now. Yeah, no, I appreciate so. it. I was thinking about you as I, as I rediscovered the idea of doing it is there's something about because pete too has on his channel he has those things it's like this nice little leather thing and he has that great way of doing cinematic shots and it makes it look like you can almost taste it and i'm like oh yeah that looks that looks good and that seems like a good thing <laughs> but you do you need you need your routines you need your tactical stuff you need things all of those kinds of things are things that just kind of root you in reality you know like uh, i got one that's interesting i've been watching a lot of um you know, you have your whiskey channel. I'm sure you watch lots of other whiskey channels on YouTube as well. <clears throat> but um, I watch like watch channels, <laughs> like fancy, expensive watches. Probably really oh, bad for I me because like then I want them. Channels about watching YouTube. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> Ooh, that's another level. <laughs> that's what you need. It's a dream within a dream. <laughs> um, no, about like. Uh, you know, like comparing a, a Rolex and an Omega or, you know, and those are just ones that everybody knows, but some of these more exotic watch brands and they oh, get yeah. into Pete, like in cool, the mechanics uh, the that, of it. Sorry. I know Peter McKinnon. Yeah. He's yeah. The guy, he's, he did a collaboration with, collaboration with one of those uh, watch guys that does like intricate, like really cool videos of putting the watch together and building it. It's yeah. Super That's cool. pretty sick stuff. So, but my point is, like, with a watch, you could just get an Apple Watch and it can buzz at you when you have something on your calendar. Or you can have this little thing that you have to remember to wind, and it just kind of connects you with the last 500 years <laughs> of human history. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I've, it's I've the same reason why I like FM radio, and it's, like, annoying because it comes in staticky sometimes and the sound's not good, and then there's a commercial. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? But everyone else in Pittsburgh is listening to this at right now too and it feels so. real and if the signal's good it sounds better than any streamed mp3 through your phone ever will if you say so but yeah i'm uh, just saying but it but does. it's the connectivity that i like you know what i'm saying sure. that everyone can tune into this thing and we are all connected in that way same kind of feeling like we can all lay down and stare up at the same stars you're in california i'm in pennsylvania and we can both be looking at the north star at the same time so that's cool or we, we could all get outside know, to do that. Yeah. Or we, we could all attend the same reptile show. We could, but some of us don't. <laughs> they just think of like little clever tie-ins for conversation. <laughs> if you're calling that clever, then thank you, sir. I, I like to think it was too. We can't get into it yet, though, because we didn't dive 
deep in the we shower. We don't always do that first. I mean, we can, but sometimes we do that last. You know, if you're ready for it now, I, I'm ready for it. I, I thought I did a little clever tie-in to let's talk about reptile mm-hmm. shows, but I know I was yeah. trying to interrupt it. <laughs> Good job. You done did it. You done did it. <laughs> So Thomas and I went out to this place for dinner, and Thomas just recently turned 21. So he has a low alcohol tolerance. So he had a beer at dinner, and he was feeling pretty good (laughs) on the way home, and uh, which is kind of funny. But on the way home, wait—is this a new story of this? Because you've told me about one of these before. No, this just happened right before. Okay, so this is a new one. (laughs) Yeah, we're on our way home from dinner tonight. Thomas had one beer tonight. Yeah. Because we're later than you. I already had dinner. I, I just know <clears throat> that there's been another story of, of Thomas not being able to hold his, uh, his, his liquor. Yeah, he hasn't been 21 that long, but it seems like he's <laughs> racking those stories up quick. <laughs> we love you, Thomas. So he has one beer. He's feeling pretty good. He's staring out the window, and I said, you know, we got this dive deep in the shallow end. You had a good round of question game with me on the way to Tinley or Schaumburg when we were up there. I says, what's, uh, you know, you have a a good question for us? And he's, like, looking out. You know, it's Pittsburgh, so there's, like, trees everywhere driving kind of through the woods on this little road. And he goes, "Uh, hold on, let me make sure that I say this correctly. Where's my... He said, yeah... What is the most sexually attractive type of tree? <laughs> Whoa. Was, I'm just going to go ahead and say oak. I, I can't say the exact um, <laughs> exact species of oak because we have like seven species of oak on our, on our little acre here. And I wish I could tell you for sure which kind that specific one is. But I'll tell you what, man. There was this big one ones night. are the canyon live oak. There was this one. I'll, I'll have to go grab a. I will, I will do a point of anybody who wants to check this out on on the YouTube. I'll go grab a photo of this tree, and uh, there's a couple of them. I'll go grab a photo of two trees. I'll post them up right now on the video version on YouTube, so you can see these two trees I'm talking. One of them is in my backyard. The other one is on the road that I take to go to the beach, and uh, the second one is definitely. And we've ne- we've named it the butt tree. So, I mean, <laughs> that's holy pretty hell, sexually this thing. attractive. Dude, yeah. you can drive by it like it, depending on how you look at it, it could be a nice, healthy uh, butt or actually extremely bubble butt for that point. Or if you know, it could you could do it could be a chest thing. But that was the <laughs> secondary one. That first tree right out of the backyard, man. There was just one night. I don't know what was happening, but like just the way that the uh, the crevices in between all the bark. <laughs> like this is an older tree. Like this tree is probably about. I don't know. I want to say it's at least a couple hundred years old. I could be. She's aged well. She's helped. I might. Yeah, I might be wrong. And holy crap, dude, if I was not just like. And there was other people around, and I was talking about all this. It was one of those nights where I felt like I had to keep talking. You've witnessed me in this mode before. Well, almost almost seems like I have to keep on talking in order just to survive. Like I need to, all the, if something comes to my brain, I like need to say it before the truth of it fades away, and I say it in the moment where it's the usually because you have other things impacting your brain. But yeah, right. Well, that was the case this time <laughs> as well. And and oh man, that was the. I, I know the question. I know I'm answering the question right because it's something about sexy and tree, and that was just like that moment. Oh, I've yeah. never had a more sexy tree moment my entire life, which <laughs> I'm. I'm not saying that other people haven't, because certainly they have. Like, I didn't actually, like, ejaculate on the tree or anything like that. Like, it, like it didn't go. Oh my goodness. I didn't, like, rub any sensitive body parts on the tree. I did pee on it, however, and that was <laughs> as about as close as I got as the sexual encounter with the tree was the pee. But, every, you know, everyone was standing around. I didn't do anything too weird. It was the night that Hillary 
named the rhyming chair and the non-rhyming chair. It was the non-rhyming chair. She kept pointing at it because I was rhyming almost everything. She, she was telling me, Brian, you need to go sit. She wasn't like, you need to. She was trying to like suggest strongly that I maybe go have a seat in the non-rhyming chair. <laughs> and every time I looked at it, it looked like that chair wanted to eat me. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to sit in that chair. That's not happening. And then I'm sure I rhymed something with that sentence right after. I know I did because I, apparently I was rhyming everything at that point. Um, but yeah, that tree, man. I'll, I'll, there, there's a picture. I'll, I'll have left the picture up the entire time we're talking, so you can get a good look at the rivulets that I was looking at in between <laughs> the bark. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, I guess the sexuality of trees is like a fine wine. It does get better with age, you know. Sure. Uh, young trees are less sexy. When's the last time you looked at a sapling and you were like, "Oh yeah, no." I, I mean, actually, to, in fair, I can't remember the last time I looked at a old tree and was like, oh, yeah. But I guess Thomas does, and apparently you do, too. So I'm glad. Oh, yeah, asking. absolutely, dude. I, I so, used to have a name for every single tree, like on my street growing up. And I would climb all of them, spend some time with all my the well, leaning that, tree, the pole tree. I mean, tree, that's a little the, hippie, but I, I mean, that's OK. We name animals. Why would not name plants? I've certainly named plants. Yeah. But um, but sexually attractive tree. That's a little bit different. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it, now when I say se- sexual about the tree, it wasn't that I was attracted to it in that way per se, not to the tree like directly. You know, it wasn't like I didn't, again, I didn't like have any kind of. It was just giving you some memories or Yeah, like nobody was going to call the cops on me for anything I did to that tree, well, especially <laughs> in my own backyard. I, you know, in the public, technically I could get for indecent exposure because I'm peeing and, and that's that that could be an offense where I could be you know, ticketed technical. at least. Um but no, nothing where anybody like nobody would watch a video of that and be like, "Oh my God, what is that guy doing to the so, tree?" So, so this oak tree you're talking about is is naturally voluptuous. One thing that I'm really into, I've got a couple books about it up here behind me on the shelf, is bonsai. So if bonsai trees are, uh, if we move them into kind of like the sexual, sexually attractive mindset. Are those kind of like the desperate wives of Orange County or something like that? Because they're completely artificial. You're like, oh, oh it's like a, uh, trying to be like natural beauty, but not. Well, I'll so, tell you right now, that tree, that second tree, the one that's between here and going to the beach, that one looks like it was Hollywood doctored. Honestly, it really <laughs> does. I mean, I'll, you'll see the picture. I'll send you the picture as soon as I post it up here on the video. Like, it. That thing looks like it was doctor. The thing looks like it took a trip to the old uh, Doc Hollywood and was like, there we go. <laughs> they were expensive, well, but they were worth So maybe it. that's the case. Maybe that's the case. It, it's different for me with humans, but with trees, I'm, I'm into the bonsai thing. I don't know if it's the artificiality of it or well, if it's kind of cool to see somebody have so much time into it because it takes, you know, sometimes several human lifetimes to achieve a look with within one lifetime of a tree or maybe it's just a super dwarf thing again you know what i mean like these ones are small i like it for me <laughs> I know you can tie this into super dwarfs i'm gonna t- take it right back just like i tried to tie into the reptile show and you were like nope the bonsai tree that Mr. Miyagi was working on is why they're, the bonsai tree has a special place in my heart. You know, for a man that seemed to have <laughs> his heart in the right kid. place and care about the right things, he really cared a lot about that bonsai tree. So I was like, if Mr. Miyagi cares about the bonsai tree, I care about the bonsai tree. And but it totally didn't make any sense when he like planted it back in the wild. Like you don't 
make a bonsai tree to go plant it in the wild. That doesn't make any oh, sense. I'm sure that was the Hollywood influence, just like the big breasts on that tree. Yeah, yeah. Doc Hollywood thing. Maybe, I guess if he's dying and he's like, I don't want anyone to, but yeah, but I don't know. Even the bonsai tree, like you cultivate the, they're not going to, they're not good for the wild anymore. Come on, Hollywood. It can't be so fake. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, thank you, by the way. I'll bring it back to Super Doors for you. That, that snake, that was cool, man. That, that felt pretty cool. It's still feeling cool, honestly. Like, the video well, is doing well. Hopefully in like eight months, it's going to feel really cool because they take some time to color up. So. Sure. It, it, already, it was already was cool. There was a moment when I pulled it out. I was like, I was like this isn't a, a Bantang. But then, you know, I, you got the, the Super Doors. The Karampa. You should have seen the Bantangs when they were hatchlings. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that'd be great ugly. if you could show me a picture of one. Anyway, my point that. is, like, it's awesome, dude. Thanks. I'm not trying to look a gift horse in the mouth whatsoever. Like, I was, I was honored to receive that snake, and I, I really thank you for it. Cool. I, I thought it was super cool. Yeah. You guys will just have to watch Brian's unboxing video if you want to do that one. Which, by the way, what what was the deal you were talking about being judged at church? You, you get judged on YouTube all the time. Your church experience <laughs> is fine. I don't know, dude. It, so it's, how, it's, how often do people want to threaten calling child protective services with you because you don't fit their, um, you know, their view of what a dad or father or family does? On that video Maybe today, somebody sense. did happen to mention a child protective act or something. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. I was like, Come on, just shut up. <laughs> right. You know what? Shut you know what? Up. Actually, we had a, and you, here's here's something that I like to say is a strength of mine is the ability to take what could easily be taken as negative and just stay negative or just or just go negative and and just be negative. And I took it and and turned it around and had a positive. I I had the most. I know. You, yeah, you're obviously talking about the same comment I was to the end on video. Yeah, and you guys talked end, it out and hugged it out at the end. Yeah. And and actually his comment wasn't I don't think it was as bad as it sounded. No, no, it's not. It sounded like well, actually the first comment was just kind of, Hey, this should be a family channel and therefore you shouldn't drink. It's like, well, first of all, stop telling me what kind of channel I have. It's my channel, not yours. And secondly, stop telling me what kind of family to have. It's my family (laughs) and not yours. Just get your head out of your ass. This on, family man. needs to drink. <laughs> it's good for our freaking health. Can't you tell? No, I, you know, but I don't know. It's like, <laughs> so, so I actually don't, like a lot of people do have problems with alcohol. And, uh, you know, and so they're like hypersensitive to it. You know what I mean? Oh, but sure. Then, yeah. And I think about that too. I, I do people, think about that. It, it, it's just different thing. It's like, there's a lot of stuff. It's like, I don't know. Like, I would probably have a, a problem with people who like to go shoot their gun at a range if I watched my family be bu- brutally murdered in front of me or something like that oh, by a gun. Oh, yeah, yeah, good that, analogy. You totally. know what I'm saying? But but that person's just shooting their gun at the range. They're just going, blink, blink, <laughs> this is fun. You know what I mean? They're not doing anything uh, crazy. You know what I mean? It's, so what's... What's your truth isn't always someone else's truth, even when there is absolute truth. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Totally. It just. I like when it, when you can recognize but, that, especially like through like comments with somebody you don't even haven't ever met over the internet. That's 
that to me is like the ultimate challenge is to find that meeting of the minds through only text with somebody you've never met before and like be able to take it, turn around and be like, that's, that's not easy. Like people do that wrong every day. It's a, it's such a challenge for yeah. people. Such a challenge. Yeah, no, it is. He was very challenged. <laughs> YouTubely challenged. I texted you a picture of a baby pure bantang from the clutch that her father was from. Which, by the way, was the first clutch of Bantangs ever produced in the United States. Bantangs are from Sulawesi, so these are Superdorf Sulawesi. Bantang is just a micro-specific locality. But I don't know if you can look at your phone or not. Um, I can't, but I can look on my computer. And there it is. Okay. So see the colors pattern? Very Mm -hmm. similar to the animal that you have. Yours should have more pattern on it, and it does have some Superdorf influence. Mine also has a bit more of a yellow and a... It's not. This one has a lot more tans going on. I feel, um, whereas at least maybe that's because I can't really see the tail on this um, F13 animal right here. But but take a look at like the hu- the head color and everything on that, like and the the thickness of the black and everything. It's, it's pretty similar. Yeah, the thickness yours. of the black is what I was was pulling out <coughs> on that 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 was the uh, Bantang influence and yeah. the orange eyes. So I think it's gonna be crazy. Like if you look at the parents, I have a picture of mom and dad laying down together, and the dad is like rich golden i mean you saw him he's like yellow like a lemon you know what i mean deep rich yellow and the mom is like charcoal gray so the idea is to get that black and gold into the small size and then i love the the smoothness like the roundness of a bantang's black pattern as opposed to the real pixelated patterns that super dwarfs have, like the Kalatos mm. and Karampas and stuff. Yeah, I like So those if you thick could get the lines. smoothness of that thick and black, but mm-hmm. also have, you know, super dwarfs have proportionately more saddles. Right. So that if was you the thing think I of noticed. like a gray banded king versus Tarahumara mountain king snake or right, something right, like right. that, the Tarahumaras have like twice as many. So it'd be cool to get twice as much smooth black pattern and. You know what I mean? I, and I, I think it was a good proof of concept, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. Honestly, but, dude, I was, I was honored. I was, uh, I mean, I know well, I've never, we, I've never custom bred a snake for somebody before, so that was pretty fun. Yeah, thanks, man. It was <laughs> but, super cool. Seriously. What yeah. what do you recommend I, what size, I mean, I, I could figure this out myself, but do, what size were you guys feeding before it took off? Oh, they're tiny, dude. Like a I know, fuzzy, they're tiny. That's what I'm saying. What do you feed them? Like, that's smaller than something I would feed a ball python. Like, I feed my ball oh, python. Way that's smaller. actually something. Yeah. That looked well, like wait, it was wait, gonna... he probably weighs a third of a ball python hatchling. He's tiny. He's tiny. And he's tiny. already a couple months old, months or so old, because I think he hatched in May, right? I mean, you guys, <clears> you guys so. are giving him mice, I assume, right? Fuzzy mice. Yeah. Like a fuzzy okay, yeah. mouse. There's no something way you're giving him rats. Or, or like a day old <laughs> rat pink, you know? Yeah. But they they can pe- they can take a big meal. It doesn't mean they should have it. So sure, yeah. I feel when they're young like that, they should. I, well, I've got some. Yeah, I do have some mice hanging around because the, the little hog nose I'm raising from Matt. So well, and time will tell because. So here's another fun thing about the concept of that breeding. I've always said, and it was very controversial when I start saying it publicly, mostly because it's easier to do the other way, right? But I've always said, if you want a small snake, use a small mom. If you have a small dad, it won't have nearly the impact on size as the mom. Now, clearly, that animal is like super dwarf hatchling size as yeah, a hatchling, tiny. right? So it's, um, yeah, it's it's as small as the pure Kalatoas we just hatched from the Reach Dreams line. Every bit as small. 
but looks like a Sulawesi with a chunky head. And so I was like, oh, these are cool. Because <laughs> the, the, the Sula hatchlings, they come out like if you make the A-OK sign, they're like that big around the middle. <laughs> they're huge. So, um, I mean, not that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but they're almost that big. So well, when uh, you're doing A-OK, there's, you, can, you can adjust your whole size pretty There you go. So adjust it down just a little bit, and that's where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, they're clearly small as hatchlings. If my theory is correct about selective breeding, we just took one of the biggest uh, localities and put it to one of the smallest. And by using the small one's mom, they should be much closer to a Superdorf size than a mainland size. So even in one generation. So you can tell me how that works out. Um, we'll just watch over time and see, cause I don't think anyone's ever done that one before. So, yeah, but now awesome. that I've done it, if I really wanted to do a worthless breeding just to prove that I was right when I already know that I am, <laughs> I could take one of the Sulawesi females that I have and run a pure Superdorf male to it and compare the size as they grow after one generation. But I don't need to do that. That's dumb. <laughs> <clears throat> Who, who was it? I was laughing. It was one of like the uh, innovators of science. You guys probably know who I'm talking about, but I, I can't think of it right now. I don't, I don't remember if it was like maybe Michelangelo. He's talking about flying and stuff like that, but he, he's basically talking about they were discussing what, what's up with this whole round earth theory, you know, back then and everything. And everyone's saying, well, if there, maybe it was. Yeah, Da Vinci. Yeah, I think it was. Okay, so here, here was his experiment. He, you know, everyone's like, oh, if the world was spinning, we'd all fly off of it, you know? And he's saying, no, no. Like, like if you could jump high enough, the earth should move under your feet, and then you come back down and land on it, right? And he goes, no, that's not the way it works. He goes, take, take a polo rider, a guy on a horse with a ball, with a polo ball, and have him get the horse going full tilt. And then he can throw the ball up and down and catch it. The ball, he doesn't throw it up and it goes way back behind him just because his horse is riding 35 miles an hour. He's going to throw it up and it's going to come right back down in his hand because they have equal momentum, right? So he explained it in that way. And then it was funny because he told everybody that that that, uh, experiment proved his theory about not flying off the world world as it was spinning but the funny thing that made me laugh was he never did the experiment he's like obviously it would work dipshit <laughs> you know what i mean so he just didn't do it and he used the experiment to prove his theory even though he never did the experiment because he's like no duh so that's what it was it reminds no, me of, uh, it reminds me of just this simple neil young lyric i'm a big fan of neil young um uh, this this old world keeps spinning around it's a wonder Tall trees ain't laying down, being all sexy <laughs> yeah, right. and stuff. <laughs> Come on, Neil. Come on, Duh. just do me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, he obviously pondered that question too. Like, mm, yeah, trees <laughs> laying down. <laughs> Thanks, so, Thomas, for the riveting conversation. <laughs> How was? Sean Brookview. I know some of the things. I know your. I know your frame crested out. I know that you you got a different thing. I, I know that it was adventurous. For you me, probably for had sure. the best booth that, there. I imagine. I mean, your booth. That, that, does but anybody? That's the same thing. Five years running. Has yeah. anybody tried to? <laughs> Is that cocky enough for you? Has anybody tried to like go up to that level? Because it's 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 undeniably 
the, I, it wasn't even there. I just I just feel like I know that it was just the best booth. Like it just looks the best. Well, That's all the. That so the accurate? cool thing about this booth was that, and this shows how long it is. I did the rebrand with the new logo, and I have not. I plan to launch that at the Tinley March that got canceled when you were flying in from Australia, and I never did. So no one has ever seen my booth with any branding on it. Because the old booth, I mean, like, I think I had some posters I would hang up on it with our logo and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was mostly about but the coolness of it being wood and, like, you had the, the charge bar. It was bar just a and, cool like, booth. shirts hanging on an actual rack from, like, right. a, you know, a, a real, like, high-end clothing store and, and those type of things. Right. And the, the cage so built into the backdrop of the wall. Yeah, so if you live local and you're in Pittsburgh, you've gotten a preview of our booth set up and fully branded, like brand integrated everywhere. So like, you know, that center display I have, that's like yeah, a cabinet I mean, well, if you with just, the if displays just goes, the snakes run. If anybody just goes and watches your video from Schaumburg, yeah, they, there were some nice shots of the, of the booth and how everything was looking. Yeah. That nice big, uh, like, MJ new logo. did a video on animal bites TV that showed it really well too. Yeah. Maybe with, that, uh, I watched that, uh, like an hour ago. Yeah, that was kind of cool to see that channel come back. Yeah, but man. Um, That's what I especially said. with M- MJ like as you know the host, the MC for that, so he does a great job with that stuff. But um, yeah, so that that cabinet that I have, a lot of people don't know unless you've watched Dave Kaufman's video when I got Best Booth Award at whatever Tinley that was. That that's a secret cabinet. It opens and there's a snake rack inside, so that at night I can take my animals out of their displays and put them in a rack that's exactly what they live in here at my house. That has water and heat, so that they're refreshed and cared for after a long day of being displayed stressfully in front of everyone. Hides in it and everything. Yeah, I've, I've so, seen that. <clears throat> okay, so on the front of that thing. We have like a big plasma cut metal rusty snake that I yeah. had cut out at this. I saw that too on the video. Shop. It looks it looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's all backlit and everything. So you have everything from that, like big metal ones, to like roll up banners and all that stuff. So yeah, so it was fun. It was really cool. And then that, what I was telling my wife about it, she goes, "How did the booth end up looking?" I said, "You know, I think the thing that made it is that now, for the first time, I, I've never been able to do this, and certainly nobody else has either." Um, all seven of the dwarf and super dwarf localities, you know, like a lot of people like to argue about which one's which based on pictures on the internet and stuff, but very few people have actually even seen, let's say a Kalatoa and a Madu sitting side by side, you know? So most of those arguments are kind of asinine. It's like, well, it's the same thing as anything on the internet. It's a bunch of people that have some level of ignorance, you know, arguing about something. (laughs) So... I mean, I'm not saying like I'm better than them. I'm just saying like that's most people haven't seen those things. So for the first time ever on display anywhere outside of just my shop, we had all seven dwarf and super dwarf localities side by side. You could see them in the flesh. Yeah. And I, I just and told there you, was, I watched that video before. I, I know you're saying this for other people listening to, right? But there's no, no, <laughs> but video. well, so. It, I just think it made the booth because so many people, like uh, Kabilka came by, Chad Brown came by, uh, Brian Potter came by, and they were having this discussion. Like, it's so clear because we hatched all of them within the last year or two, right? Oh, so clear um, which localities are which? Yeah. Like, wow, they're night and day. Oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah, you can really see what you're talking about now that I can see it in the flesh. And it's not just a still picture or whatever. Oh, Oh, absolutely. And so it just brought so much depth to what we've been working on and why we've been working on it all this time. So, you've been, bro, you've been busting your ass. You've been busting your ass 
and like the hard work is paying and you're still busting your ass i know that but it's like it's paying off like what's your what's i your think building? people see it now yeah because I've, mean, I've been in the building process yeah that booth I guess was I'm, like i'm biased oh, here it is branding snakes people all of it youtube we got all the beautiful videos playing up on tvs you know what i'm saying it was fun and you're a good dude. You take care of people. I mean, at least if you don't, then they're they're somewhere hiding in a dark corner where you, you buried them so they can't. At least that that from my perspective. Again, I'm I'm biased. I'm biased. <laughs> I, I bury the people that disagree I'm, with I'm me. I'm not supposed to be blowing up your head, right? Is that is that what I'm supposed to not be doing? Is that? We people are always worried about like me getting too big of a head, but it's not going to increase any more than it already is. So just say what you're going to say. It's as big as it can get. Huddles are like. There's something okay. Now, now there's always going to be some small thing that I try to justify as to like if I if I don't do something like that's okay I didn't do it because of this. And if there was any one thing that I had to pick about Schomburg from what I could tell from pictures, from what I could tell from from anything of why I was like, well, that, at least there that, that wasn't you know I would wouldn't have been <laughs> you wanted it to not be cool because the you carpet, didn't go. That's it. The, 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 the carpet <laughs> at Tinley. There's some. I was looking at the pictures. I was like, what is this cement floor? Like, I, it's a different venue, and I'm sure it was fine. I mean, you can oh, do nice I slides like, with socks on on a nice polished cement oh, floor. Like, it was uh, nice. I'd probably take advantage of that. But there's something about that carpet at Tinley that really just. I don't know. Even just from the pictures, like like if I look at pictures from Yosemite, it's one place I can, like it could just be a, a random tree next to a rock in Yosemite. I'd be like, oh, that's that's Yosemite. And sure. now looking back, you know, at, at Tinley pictures and how it feels to be there and how it feels to be on lots of other venues that have the polished cement floor, there's something about that Tinley carpet that is warm and soft and welcoming and feels a little bit more like home. <laughs> this is so... This Am is I so, wrong? Yeah. You shouldn't go to Schaumburg it's got because it's Because of the cement floor. <laughs> I'll tell you what. For me, it was perfect because our stuff is all industrial anyway, so it fit perfectly. The venue is... Uh, it's clearly not the same venue. It's a different venue, but it was really nice. It was... You know what was kind of cool about it? The layout. The hotel really looks different. badass. Oh, super nice. Actually, the whole area, one of the problems with Tinley is there's nothing like immediately in the area. Mm. Like you can't walk anywhere. If you want to go across the street, you pretty much have to drive. I mean, you could walk, but it's a walk. Yeah, uh, that's this, true. This place, there's a ton, like our Airbnb that we got was two miles from the show. If I was at Tinley, you've been with me, it's probably 10 or 15 miles till you can get to a nice Airbnb, right? So- Two mi- within two miles, there's like eight places for breakfast and 40 places for dinner. So from that regard, there, there was way better. You know, that was, that was way better. The, the thing that was the biggest difference on the impact of the show was that the convention center is very square. And the Tinley one is rectangular. You know, so like if you walk into the show at Tinley, it's not that far from the front to the back of the show, but from left to right, it's really far. Right. This one is a square. It, mm. and I, I don't know what the square footage of space is, um, but I would say it's roughly the same size as Tinley. Um, and it was filled. The vendors filled it out. It wasn't like there, it wasn't full, but because it was square, it had a really cool layout the the ceilings were super tall and they were like brand new so you have this like industrial thing going on with a concrete floor and these blacked out ceilings are we talking it was more square that like was a perfect square or was it more square than tinley i think it was pretty much a perfect square okay 
Yeah. And so then I like the Pomona venue is, is more square than Tinley, but it's still a little not longer than it square. is yeah. wide. Yeah. No, this was, this was more square than Pomona. So um, what it did was you had, like, because I have an end cap booth. And in Tinley, you only have two end caps per, like, row, right? You have, like, mm. the front and the back. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not very far from front to back. From this one, in this one, you had, like, six end caps. So what ended up happening, and I wouldn't have thought of this, and, and except that we were there, at Tinley, most people's booth is just a straight shot. You just, whether you have eight feet or 16 feet, and you have a wall behind you, and that's about it. And there's a few end booths to go around, and I fight aggressively for mine. At Schaumburg, the square layout made for a much more dynamic thing. There's end booths in the middle, and then there's like booths that are kind of like freestanding. Like if, if Freedom Breeder was there, they usually go right in the middle of the show. They would have had like this full 360, you know what I mean? Kind of like freestanding booth in the middle of a convention center. So it was, ended up being like super cool layouts. And it wasn't just our setup that looked good. I mean, I like my little wood janky one or whatever, and that's fine. But everybody's stuff displayed really well. Oh, and the lighting was good too. So all the animals looked great because the lighting was awesome. Tinley can be a little bit dark in certain mm, places. Sure. If you don't bring your own lighting. But this place was, yeah, it was just really, really nice. So I liked the venue. I think the venue was great. How the show turned out was a little bit unexpected. And, you know, you're talking about cracked frame and whatever, but that was just my personal adventures. You guys can watch Thomas's uh, vlog that went up on, what was it, Friday the 25th. 20, no, yeah, 25th. Um, if you guys want to see kind of like our behind the scenes, like what it's like to vend a show like that. But, um, but as far as the show itself, I thought it was going to be really big, honestly, like in terms of like attendees versus vendors because they had it on father's day which sucked you know um it's big, that's not big part of the reason why i wasn't there honestly yeah it sucks for the vendors i thought it might actually be better for attendees because it's like hey dad's into reptiles there's a reptile show on father's day it'd be kind of like a classic car show would go over really well on a father's day you know but when you're vending you're stuck somewhere for three days so you know you so, Sorry, family. So if you're the type that likes to celebrate on a particular holiday, you're you're out of luck with that show. So because of that, um, and also because of the new show, it's June. The, all the ball python hatchlings aren't out yet, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. I was thinking probably not a lot of vendors going to be there, but I bet tons of people go because it's a big area. It's Chicago. It's very close to the airport. That was the other great thing about the venue. It was like poof, straight shot right across from the airport. And would you say um, it was like the opposite of that? Like plenty of vendors but not as many attendees? Or No, I, I think it, the vendors was about where I expected it to be. It was maybe – it wasn't like few, but it was maybe like 75 80% of what a Tinley is as far as vendors go. But there March really wasn't a uh, – October. Okay. Yeah, so it's probably on par with March, maybe even better than March actually because um, March is usually a little bit slower. But a lot of people say they do better in March because of that, right? They, a lot of vendors say that they sell really well in March because not a lot of vendors go. And so but guys come on, do Garrett, go, we all know that you don't think that going to a show as a vendor is about selling animals at the show. We know that's not. No, 
How well, I, I talked about that in my video too, but that's what most people talk about. They say March is the one to go to for money. October is the one to go to for the friends, you know, the, the people. I go to all of them for the people, you know what yep, I mean? Yep, same here. And I make, well, I, and the, I, honestly, I think the professional way to do it is to go to all of them for people and make your money in the weeks after the show. Don't go to a show and stress yourself out if you didn't make enough money to cover your table or something. Like, just take names and numbers and go can, make, can I, do your business later. Can I tell you about my booth at the the Roseville show that I I had? Yeah, it was well, like, I didn't know anything about this show. What is a, like a super small local one day kind of show, or it what was is it? pretty decently sized. It, it was a no, it was a three day show actually. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday like hmm. public show three days. Um, okay. Decent size too, bigger bigger than I thought it was going to be, um, and it was pretty cool. Like I don't know if you you know Brandy Blue, she does like animals animal presentations and stuff, brings like sloths and and all kinds of cool animals. You have you got to meet Brandy. If you haven't met Brandy, you'll meet Brandy at some point. She's super cool, dude. She's from Oklahoma originally, but she's a she's like in California now. Um, All kinds of cool animals and does like big presentations and does a really good job of it and the animals are super cool we kind of got to relive our my dwarf came and experience like we did at nerd um yeah in part of the video and then well there, there was that but <laughs> what i really wanted to bring up about the show was how polar opposite my little booth of the show was compared to like how your booth is how you're just like just good looking i i went like i i was like jimmy i knew jimmy's going to the show because he goes to like every california show and I asked him if I could just have a space at his booth to, you know, do some interviews. I was imagining to do okay. it like I did with Freedom Breeder in Arlington, just set up in the corner of the booth, you know, and kind of have some of the Freedom Breeder stuff in the backdrop as I'm as I'm filming because it's part of the booth. And this is what I imagined I was going to be doing with Jimmy in Sacramento. It was just kind of set up in part of his space and like have him in the background and his stuff. And but he like had a whole island, so it, not an end cap, but like an actually a whole. Like three sixty like his all own, the way around. Yeah, it was his own thing, and he just was yeah. like left half of it for me, and I set up on the opposite side. So I'm on the back side, and there's nothing. I show up bare <laughs> bones, like I, good lighting. I had good lighting. I brought my light. I got my cameras, but that was it. A light and some cameras, and luckily I had a black sheet to throw up over the frame of his backside of his. Freaking oh my god! That you could that didn't even cover the. You didn't the whole bring shot your washed... little printout of your room that looks like what you got going on right behind you there, dude. I had the whole family packed. I was going bare bones. It's like one day I was gonna sh- set up in the corner because it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I just went for Friday. That was the plan. I was yeah. like, I'll go there Friday, set up and do oh, s- some interviews with okay. some people, and then and then take off. But he gave me, bless his heart, gave me a whole freaking like basically my own end cap. And he overestimated I, you. Yeah, no, I told him I just wanted to. I asked him, I said, "Could I just set up, you know, in the corner of your booth and and do some interviews?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, of course, bro." Like, you know, Jimmy always like. I, I don't think I've ever asked Jimmy for something. He was like, "No." He's like, "Jimmy, tell me a joke." No, he's, he's not like, that right, kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. I don't think that you have to have a giant booth to be successful. One of the things that I'd like to do is actually attend more shows. Oh no, I, because I, I was one hundred percent successful at that show. That's my point. Like, I, I my as far as how I rate my own personal experience that show was like big success. But with the polar opposite, like you know, that, that to your point that you're just saying is, I showed up with nothing and still mm-hmm. had a fantastic show. Right. Right. Yeah, it's kind of hard to nail it down. 
And and actually the intricacy of my booth actually limits me from having more show experiences because I'm like, ah, it's not worth it to go to that one. It's a lot of setup. And, and actually my booth is designed, as cool as it looks, it is designed, built, and rebuilt, and rebuilt, and rebuilt so that I can set it up myself in like an hour because I was so sick of, you know, so everything just wheels in, plugs together, and it's done. Yeah. And you go, you Smart. know, so... But it's still a lot to carry. It's a lot to trailer. Yeah, you have it's to a get lot a trailer to move in and out. Yeah. So, well, I have a 20 foot trailer that it fills. So, yeah, I've got a know, hockey head- bag. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I've been toying with the idea of making a mini reach out reptiles. And what would that look like hmm. if I had something that, I, let's say, I could, you know, take as check in on a flight hmm. and then go vend a show? Because if I could do that, I could go to a lot more shows. So how it wouldn't would I be nearly that? as impressive, obviously, because you're not carting in a trailer full of booth setup stuff. But maybe, maybe not. Because so here's the way I'm thinking. Um, I think if you knew exactly what space you were going to have there from Jimmy, that you were going to be half of a 360 island, you could have crafted the space a lot better. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. Definitely. So I think you have to know your space. Oh, of but course. I th- I think. I might be able to pull, you know, like we're kind of talking about some stuff that could make it pretty impressive, but I could carry it all in a thing. The For thing just a 10 by 10, a standard 10 by 10 square section. Yeah, show. or like an eight foot table, let's say. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Now, of course, the first thing I do with any booth ever, ever, and those of you guys that are listening, just do this. Throw the table away. I was laughing when Christy, you, I mean, you know Christy, who gives you the name tags and stuff when you get to the booth or whatever. She's always helping out there, takes your payments and all that. Um, she's like, oh, no, the tables won't be set up until tomorrow. And I was like, just keep them away from mine. I don't, I don't use your stupid tables. I, I don't want to have a table with reptiles in the front where I sit behind it. Yeah, Kristen rocks, actually. Let, let's go back to Kristen for a minute. Kristen is Kristen's a badass chick. And she she freaking rocks. If you go to an NRABC show and you don't get a chance to like just chat with Kristen for like three minutes, uh, I mean, I highly recommend you find you find Kristen. You can't miss her. You know, redheaded, kind of fiery, um, redhead, short, yeah, snarky little lady that that yeah, uh, just cool. gives you the booze. She also is the one that usually is keeping tabs on finances for the U.S. Arc auction. She donates her time there. And yep. oh my gosh, what a multitasker! Yeah, crazy. Talk about a skill set that I do not have. <laughs> you know, I, I could never do her job. Everything would be. I'd just be like, oh, a lot of money. Here you go, Phil. <laughs> Dude, just the yeah. amount of energy pouring off of that lady for the entire weekend is like, yeah, you just got it. She was stressed too, because that's sure. a big show at Schaumburg, and it's a new place. You know, they had a lot of stuff to do. So, so here was the thing. This is the way it kind of broke down. I think after talking to all the vendors and stuff, this was the end of the day, the takeaway for the show. If you were the type of vendor that re- relied on impulse buys, you know what I mean? Which I, I condemn from like a retic buying perspective, but it's not bad for everything else. You know, you don't want to buy a giant snake you never thought about having before that day. But if you're going to buy a corn snake and you got a 20 gallon setup for some kind of North American colubrid and you just don't know which one you want and you're walking around your show and you go, Hey, that's a hundred bucks. I have that much in my pocket. I'll buy it. And I like it. If you're the vendor that's doing selling those kinds of animals, you probably didn't have that good of a show. Uh, there just wasn't enough foot traffic for the amount of vendors that there are. It, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're on the backside of the show, everyone already spent their money by the time they got there. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but 
if you do something that's kind of like specialty and you do show up not to sell snakes, you had a great show. Because the thing that's difficult for me with Tinley, I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is still not recovered from the weekend. And if you, I heard you at the end of that that video when you guys were leaving, your voice voice sounded pretty haggard. Yeah, no, it's. But the the thing about it is, you can only do so much talking, and everybody wants to come and they they want to talk to you. You know what I mean at these shows. So, if there's twenty thousand people at Tinley, inevitably I get a few comments like, "Well, I met Garrett in real life, and he's a jerk." I stood there for a while and he didn't even acknowledge me. And I was like, I don't know who you are or where you were standing, but I try to acknowledge everybody that comes to the booth. And I always have like eight volunteers to shake hands and say, hi, welcome to the booth. Garrett will be with you in a minute. You know what I mean? But you can only have so many conversations. So at this show, it was lots of people. There was still a lot of people that went to the show, but it, it was way more mellow. Like I felt like I could actually devote a little bit more time and attention to everybody that came and really wanted my help picking out the right snake or wanted to question me about something or talk about the business or whatever, whatever conversations that they were hoping to have with me at the show, a lot of them got to happen. And if they were there, if they got the VIP pass and they were there on Friday, we were set up in the morning, they got a lot of it. They got a lot of that time. So for me, that makes an excellent show. And I think we also um, are the kind of, just because we're so specialized that we just have one very specific animal, that it, the people who are into that animal, they know they want one from us already. It's almost like they go to the show to buy one from us. So at least three of the snakes I sold, people are like, well, I just came straight here. I just wanted to see all your snakes and pick the one out right away. You know what I mean? Because they want the options there when they get there. So I think we had a great show because we don't do a lot of impulse. People don't know, like if you don't know what a Superdorf was before you got there, you're not going to spend five times as much as a mainland on a given morph to get a smaller one, you know? Yeah, prob- probably so not. We don't do that. We do a lot of educating. We do a lot of, and the reason why I have a big booth, it's all for a purpose. is so people go like, wow, what's going on here that I haven't heard of yet? And then we talk about Superdorfs. You know, and we have set up like a, (laughs) right. And then we have a, it's like set up like a bar so that even if you don't get to hear me talking, we're playing our YouTube videos and we promote people just, you know, finding that and subscribing so they can learn on their own. So, yeah, no, it was a really, it was a really, really good show. Um, Yeah, And what, what was fun for me was the amount, it wasn't so much like what we sold or, and I met a lot of great people love hanging out with my customers. There's some awesome people, but was really fun for me was the amount of traditionally non retech people that were admiring the Superdorfs, the boa breeders, the carpet Python guys, ball, big, big name ball Python guys coming back to the booth many times throughout the weekend asking about stuff. You know what I mean? I had a, quite a few people that were looking at those pure localities, like which were all my holdbacks. None of them were for sale. Um, saying all right garrett what's it gonna take i want this one right now and i was like two years and 10 grand just like anybody else (laughs) you know what i mean or whatever the answer was but i had a lot of fun just kind of you know like i mean i'm flattered that those guys are noticing what we're doing over here yeah well you you have a subliminal effect like anybody you tell i'm just noticing as i sit here in my room like i've got my light over here kind of blocking off this side got a lot of stuff behind me um in front at eye level, like right here, I see Elvis, my super dwarf. He's like 
the only one <laughs> not blocked by anything. I could just see him clearly, and that's about it. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but I just noticed it as you were talking. I was like, you know what? That's weird. There you go. <laughs> now, Elvis is your older one that was right. like, uh, you just yeah, got it was like a, a rescue. Super yeah. So what did you guys end up naming the new one? Haven't named it yet. Um, oh, okay. Leia said something about, about Barry. I, I don't know if that's actually... What's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Yeah, we'll see. She did. She did a decent so. job handling him. Um, you know, it's a she. She did. I thought pretty good handling that little now, baby. Uh, I was. I was surprised. So, like, you texted me after you opened it. From my perspective, I, I didn't watch your unboxing video yet or anything. Well, so it hadn't it been out yet. Yeah, I had just so finished I'm, filming it when I texted you. Yeah, right, right, right. So. I'm just trying to make sure the box got there good and the snake's alive, right? So I'm like, yeah, well, what do you think, you know? And you're like, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's pretty cool. That's all you got to say? Oh, my gosh. This has been like a two-year journey. You know what I mean? Like, I've been like, wait till Brian sees what I do. He's going to be so surprised. And then I watch your unboxing video and you explain the whole project before you even open the box. I was like, damn it. He remembered. He knows what's in the box. <laughs> All I said was, I'm sending you something alive, so make sure you pick it up. Right. And you knew exactly what it was. How did you know I wasn't going to just send you something else? Look, I, I got one with I one eye. It's I yours didn't know now. for sure, dude. I didn't know for sure. But And what I said actually was, uh, you're right. I, I just said, it was actually only three words. And a little uh, sunglasses emoji guy just say, he says, he looks awesome. And then you, you replied with a thumbs up like 45 minutes later. And then you called me. You're like, he looks awesome. Ooh, like that's anything it? else? I was yeah. like, watch the video, dude. Watch. I literally yeah, just yeah. finished recording. I was like, I was going off about you guys. And, and no, it was everything. it was good. Thank you for that. That was yeah, that was a really good video. You know, I'm flattered by everything that you said. But it's good. Um, it's doing it's doing well too. I mean, just like on a statistic level, like it, it's it did. I mean, it put it out as we're recording this today. It went out today as we're sitting here talking, and well, it went up a day later after than our Schomburg video, and it already right. is beating it. Right, and it's, <laughs> oh, sorry. And I think Thomas put a lot more effort into that video. Not that yours wasn't great, but he worked uh, pretty hard on Filming in Costco one. with kids is not the easiest thing. Let me promise you that. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Our show, you know, the day one day I went to the show there was was definitely good. I, I would say, as far as you know, I was at a show that weekend too. It wasn't Schomburg. It wasn't like you know the the big name thing necessarily. But I got to see my ladies from the NorCal Herb Society, who are fantastic human beings and uh, and reptile enthusiasts. They just do it real big, do it do it well. I think like they they put a good name on on herpetology um, oh, yeah. clubs. And Especially with the rattlesnakes and stuff. For those of you guys that haven't seen Brian's video, what is the one called where you went out with them? The rattlesnakes? And oh, no. You're thinking of the Pearl Lab right now. I'm, I'm, there's other ladies. There's lots of ladies in my life here. That, you know, oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. I only have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Just the awesome... <laughs> Awesome folks. Um, she was at one you lady met, you and met a couple of, of bonsais for me. No, you met one of them um, at, at Carpet Fest. The, the Carpet Fest we hosted here. Her name was Terry, and uh, she brought oh. me a box turtle. Yeah, she's like she's the. Don't make me miss. I'm pretty sure she's the president. Um, yeah, awesome to see them. And then just we also went to Grant Garten's place, GX3 up in Sacramento, which is a super. Boy, I've been cool. hearing a lot about them lately. Yeah, yeah I, I mean Riley's working there and. Um, Grant is just, Riley works there. Yeah, Riley's like the like kind of like the animal manager and stuff. He he 
was you know he I thought he was the, working at Santa Barbara Zoo. He, no, he was he was at Santa Barbara Zoo. Then he went to Sacramento Zoo, and then he stopped with um with the zoo and was doing some like soil work for a while, which he was got over real quick. And then he found the thing with Grant opening the shop, and it was kind of a perfect fit because. I don't know if uh-huh. you got to meet Grant before, but if you ever come up to like the Sacramento show, you'll get to meet awesome guy. And he just runs a the shop is super cool. It's got like it's got fish, but they're like you know they're doing breeding in the back, and it's uh, it's the newer shop. I remember when they were setting it up and they did a lot of nice media. I mean, not newer, not not new new, but what five years maybe or six years. No, old. it's newer than that. It just opened this year. Uh, Dave, when Dave came out and we went to the East Bavarium and filmed some videos there, like literally that same trip we went up to his place. So it was uh, this year. Right? Hmm. Okay. Pretty sure. I don't know. I feel like I saw... I'm pretty sure it's the right place. I do get mixed up sometimes, but I feel like I saw a lot of promotional stuff well, he had for this opened, new he shop had opened that a place, was coming. He had opened a Has place he been working the, on it for a couple of years and putting stuff out? He had had another spot, and this was like the new the new location. I'm just trying to scroll back through through videos so I know what I'm talking about as far as like... Mm. Yeah, it was... No, it was definitely this year that we went out there and the shop wasn't even open yet. And okay. it's got gotten even better since then. So that was part of like this is one day. I did the whole, I got eight interviews at the show, did an uncut video walking around checking everything out. Drove up there that same day, which is about 2 hours from my folks house and then went out with with Jesse and did some Freedom Breeder video. I filmed like 16 videos that day, dude. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> And went to the show and got to talk to everybody. It was insane. I don't know how that worked. The same day you did the show? Yeah, dude. And and then we went there to Grant's place. And we went to uh, Nick. uh, You know Nick at uh, Renowned Reptiles? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. And, yeah, we filmed some video at his place and, like, like partied. And it was, dude, honestly, if anybody ever wants to, like, see how much stuff they can fit into one session of being awake like come come hang out with me from morning till night like at any kind of given event and just let's let's do it just stay with me till i from when i wake up to when i go to sleep and just just go for the ride dude just go for the ride a lot happens i promise (laughs) i think i i think i called you on my drive but the the one thing you're just talking about one session of being awake it just reminds me of what i did earlier this week um so my truck broke that I tow with, it cracked the frame. You can still drive it, but you can't tow with it. So Dan and Kevin Shahan um, loaned me their F three fifty dually. Like, take ours. Good looking Don't truck. Don't take any by money for it, huh? Good looking truck, by the way. Yeah, no, I mean it's like a, I think it was a Lariat or whatever. It was super nice, uh, way better than mine. And boy, that dually tows a whole lot nicer than my GMC Yukon did. So uh, it's like, what trailer? Let's go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's what um, it's made for. Well, and I like it too because I, I grew up with big dualies all the time. That's what my dad always drove. And so it was kind of like, cool, you know. But any rate, um, they gave me their truck and I towed back here to Pittsburgh. So we left Monday morning after the show and I, I drove it back here. Um, I, I had a bunch of work to catch up with on Tuesday because, you know, you're gone for five days or whatever and, and you did a lot. So you got to like get all those sales straight, you know, follow up with everybody, all this stuff. I did all that Tuesday and then I woke up at the butt crack of dawn, um, on Wednesday and I drove back to Tinley because I had to trade him vehicles back. 
So <laughs> yeah. he saved my butt. I tried to just rent a truck. Everyone's like, why don't you just rent a truck and drive it back? But there's like a vehicle shortage right now. So everyone's being super stingy. I don't know if you've tried to rent any kind of car lately. It's pretty challenging. I, I heard in Hawaii, my friends were visiting from there and that it's just astronomical if you want to try to rent a car out there. Like, the costs? The yeah. costs are like triple or quadruple what they normally yeah. are. And when you get into commercial size vehicles, it's worse. And then they will not allow uh, a one-way trip, which is what I would have had to do anyway. You know, like rent in one city, drop off in another. Um, so it just really wasn't, I, I mean, honestly, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to take maybe the money I made at the show and just buy a truck, <laughs> you know, here in Chicago. Yeah. Um, that's why I that's like not I even a good option. I actually because, rented a truck or not a truck, but I rented a vehicle for that, that whole, um, trip. Cause I wasn't originally planning to go with the whole fam. Cause we still been doing one car for, you know, since COVID hit or whatever. And, uh, I rented a vehicle for a week, you know, take Eli fishing and then, make the the show and all that kind of stuff and if we lived somewhere else it probably wouldn't have been so easy to do that well if you want a nine-seater four-wheel drive vehicle (laughs) let me know i will give you one just gotta come (laughs) and get it i'm good (laughs) thanks so so anyway uh monday morning i woke up i drove the truck there i grabbed my suburban his his wife um Kim was uh, telling me, like, oh, do you need an apple? Do you want to just, should I go for a walk around the block with you? You know what I mean? Like, that was a long drive, straight shot, you know. And uh, and she's like, you want to take a rest or anything? Do you want to crash here tonight? And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to get home. So I grabbed the Suburban. I just drove back home. So I just, I went from Pittsburgh to Tinley and then back. I did it in just under 20 hours. I stopped two times for gas and one time for 15 minutes to pick up a going away present for Dylan, the guy that cleans our cages, got a, a like a real grown up boy, you know, full time job somewhere. So I got him a little he got a job in construction, which is what he was wanting. And I was like, right on, man. So I, I stopped at Home Depot for like 15 minutes to stretch my legs and bought him a, a tool belt, you know, as a as a going away, like a nice tool belt. So, so I remember what I did a little construction here and there and those stupid things are expensive. Those and boots. They're nice, oh, too. Okay. It's nice him, that, that tool belt. Man. Well, it's nice belt. to have the access. It's not so nice to wear one all day long. <laughs> right. Well, and if you get a real one, like a nice one, I still have my tool belt from when I was his age. Oh, with the suspenders? Uh, no, I mean, that's an add-on or whatever. But just a good, like, quality leather belt with real buckles and stuff, not this cheap plastic snap crap that they have now. So I just got him a really nice tool belt and... Yeah. But anyway, did the whole trip in just under 20 hours. And normally that's a lot of driving, but I was fine. I like, we, so I left it. I think I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning. I got back at like two o'clock the next morning. So like I said, it was 20 hours of driving time. And yeah, not, to not too shabby. You, you win on the drive on this one. That's for sure. <laughs> that was after already doing the trip once. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. That, just that's at a slower a, pace. I'm sure that that, that 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 wasn't part of the plans. You didn't put that on your critical tasks lists. <laughs> Man, jeez. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. I I just realizing that how much I haven't grown up yet. Because one thing I did a lot of when I was a kid was stupid, dangerous things for not really any reason. You know, like you kind of ignore safety a little bit when you're a kid. And on the way up there, we went from Pittsburgh to Indianapolis to stop at Forrest Fanning's place because we hatched that 
Reach Dreams line clutch that I did a partnership with him. And so I brought him money. We started uh, Lars College Fund, which is cool, his kid, uh, with which was our goal for that bloodline. And I dropped off four snakes, 2.2 from the clutch that they wanted that they could have and breed there. Uh, plus, they have an older female Kalatoa from me that I had given for us. Like, here, grow it up on breeding loan or whatever. So they have a full group there now. And that is when I noticed that the truck frame was cracked. Now, this frame is so bad, it's like, it's kind of rusty, right? This, the vehicle is a low mileage vehicle, but it's rusty. So you don't know anything's wrong until you have catastrophic failure because it just has always looked rusty and, yep, still looks rusty. You know what I mean? And then one day it's rusty enough to crack. <laughs> so uh, I was like I looking at this big chunk. I it, like you see it and on the video you like go poke it with your finger and it just crumbles like gra- and gram- wet graham cracker. Finger- <laughs> yes. Oh I put my finger through the frame. So I did, I did that on the first side. Both sides cracked. The first side cracked when I was in Indianapolis. And I was like, well, all right. So true enough, I put my finger through part of it. But this other part looks kind of strong. <laughs> so I was like, Kim, Thomas, they're the ones that were riding with me. I was like, help me shift all the weight to the back. <laughs> so there's like less weight riding on the tongue. You're not really supposed to tow that way, but I'm going to like pull more weight towards the back. Not all of it, but I didn't want to, you know, yeah. be maxing out the ta- the payload on it. So we shifted everything to the back and I was like, I think we can make it. We're only four hours away. <laughs> so, so then we drove the rest of the way. And then I, I was like, we're not stopping for anything. Tom was like, I have to pee. I was like, pee in a can. He's like, Kimberly's right there. I was like, she doesn't care. <laughs> and uh, I was like, we're not stopping until we get to the hotel. And they're like, don't we have to go to the Airbnb? And I was like, no, because I don't know if I can get the trailer from the Airbnb to the hotel tomorrow morning. We're going to the hotel and we're dropping it off in the parking lot tonight. Hope someone doesn't steal it. So we drove straight up and that was the shot that you saw me poking my finger through the second side of the frame. So both sides are broken. Yeah. Well, I, I wish I could have come. You know, if there's any reason I would have wished I would have gone, it would be so I could relive some of my band touring days on that trip with you, it sounds like, and just feel that oh whole feel God. again. <laughs> I apologize to them later. I was like, Kim, I'm sorry for, you know, possibly sacrificing you. She was sitting in the back. She's like, it's really bumpy and swervy back here now. You know what I mean? As the frame's like... The trailer's getting lower and lower. Like now the chains are dragging. We gotta stop and like twist them around, hook them back on and keep going. You know? And then and then Thomas is like, why are you even hooking the trains on? It's not the the hitch that's gonna come disconnected. The whole back half of the vehicle is gonna fall off. The chains aren't helping anything. Oh man. I'll tell you what, the highlight of my trip was not even at the show. And I wish you were there for this because this was this was a Cusco moment. Sunday night after the show, everything's packed up. You get back to the Airbnb. Now you've been, you know, historically I used to rent a big house and have a lot of people over and stuff like that. So you've you know what it's like to stay at our Airbnb sometimes. After the show, remember that time when I was talking to um, who was it? We were in the closet. Oh, Remember? yeah. Well, there was a few people. There was Adam Hallbleib. Uh, Adam. Nick, Nick Adam. Lavera was on the scene. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. So so we're all hanging at the house Sunday night, and Adam was like, oh, I just I wish I would have had more time to see your snakes. You had some cool ones. And I was like, they're all in the closet. Let's go hang. And me and me and Adam are like drinking beer and and hanging in this closet for like three hours with snakes. But um, closet of the Airbnb, like a walk-in closet. But anyway, um, the Sunday night atmosphere. You're done. There's no pressure. You're just hanging out, and it's fun, right? We had the best Sunday night ever this this time, I think. So the people that were staying with me at my house was uh, Aiden and his friend Dan, right? So, I mean, you, you know Aiden. Um, Kimberly is there. Thomas is there, my, my video editor. Kim Paws, for those of you guys that don't know. And then Rob, who works with me, his wife Lisa, and she is a hoot. And Dude, then, those, uh, both of those two together, like Rob alone, but th- both of them, yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> have you have you spent time with Lisa? Yeah, at the uh, in the basement of the original Timley yes. Rental House. Yeah. yeah, ah, she was being that shy was then. that was when we formulated and put, made public the idea to start this podcast for Search of Those Reptiles. You're right. Yeah, it yeah. was the same night. Well, Lisa like loosened up a little bit. Was the Lisa who told Rob to get up and take his pants off on stage at the UNS Ark auction, which happened, by the way. But. Um, it's another Schomburg experience you missed. Um, <laughs> but then the other people that were staying there were Justin and Jacqueline Lathrop, which if you know them, they're like children, basically, like grown-up children. Justin's not much bigger than a little child, but he has a beard. <laughs> so. okay. Do we, the, one of the, so one of my most memorable, somehow, somehow ingrained in my memory, I don't know how it's all there, but Joel, State 48 Exotics, you know the yeah. opposite end of unplugged they haven't done it for a while but reptiles unplugged with with adam hobbly who you yeah. referenced in this story joel uh miguel garcia's first show in at the southern california at the pomona, pomona. show and yeah. justin lathrop and myself the four of us went out friday night the, before anybody got there it was like there was nobody there for set up hardly and, and that night at the hotel you know at, down the hotel bar at pomona and just the four of us went out, and it was insane. And and Justin <laughs> helped with that quite a bit, I will oh, say. Oh, yeah, that was his goal, was to get silly this weekend, is what he kept telling me. <laughs> I think he did a pretty good job. But but you realize how much he is like a little child trapped in a man's body, just saying, someone let me out. And his wife is the same way. Just give me half an excuse to go full six-year-old right now. <laughs> So, hey, and man, I don't my do type of people, my type of people. Oh my God. Do, hold, let me tell the story. This is a good story because <laughs> it's people and nature and yeah, and silliness and you're going to love it. All right. So Justin's in the house and he's hanging out. I had an adult slayer and he's like, oh, this thing's beautiful. Check this thing out. He's, he's holding the snake and it, it starts raining and it's like raining. And I was like, holy smokes, it's really coming down out there. Thunder, lightning, the whole bit. You know, good mis- Midwestern storm. Damn, and, uh, I just missed that part. It gets better. So someone's like, oh, yeah, you got to go check it out. There's a little porch, like, off the side of the house that, you know, is probably like a 12-foot by 3-foot wide little porch. They go, you got to go check it out. Go stand outside for a minute. Because it was, like, warm, too. So it wasn't, like, that cold, nasty rain. It was, like, nice, giant, fat raindrops, right? So uh, I'm like, okay, I got, I got to go check this out. So I go stand on the porch because I don't know. I know you, you can relate to me in this moment. I don't know how many of you guys can, re- listening can relate. Like, wow, cool thunderstorm. You, know, you just sit and watch. Like, let's stop everything and just look. You know what I mean? 
So we go outside and there's like this waterfall coming off of the roof. And it was like the thunder and lightning was insane. The kind of like lightning, you know, it's like right on top of you. So when you get a big of this bolt, it like beat, it bounces off your chest. Like two you know seconds later. Yeah. Feel, yeah. It feels like a, a bait. You like you listen to too much bass or something like that. So if there's such a thing, <laughs> but, uh, so, so we're out there and we're just like, this is happening. This is crazy. And Kim was sitting out there, Kimberly Paws. And she's sitting there too, and we're just kind of watching it. And we're like, "Isn't this cool?" And we're starting to get a little bit wet because the water's like dripping and splashing all over, you know, back onto us, even though we're covered. And then I was like, "Kim, I kind of want to step out into the rain." And she's like, "Yeah, you kind of have a weird look in your eyes." And I was like, "I think I'm going." I was like, "I'll take a step forward if you take a step forward." And she's like. I don't want to take step a, a step forward. And she's like, look, I got a sweater on. I'll get all wet. So I stepped out into the rain and it, I, I was fully clothed, but I'm just getting drenched. And I was like, oh, it's great. Come out. She's like, I don't want to, I want to have a sweater for the rest of the weekend if I come out. Now it'll be cold. I and think so I, I said, have her sweater here. Okay, that's weird. Anyway, uh, wasn't this sweater. So she, I said, just take off your sweater. So she takes off her sweater and she's wearing like this... Um, like a sports bra kind of a thing or something like that and she comes out into the rain now i'm like this is cool it's super foggy every time the lightning strikes it's like it lights the whole sky up you know what i mean and it was getting a little bit scary and uh and then thomas comes out and he like i said he just turned 21 he's enjoying himself we bought him this little bottle of patron that's about the size of the mug that you're using right there and he's just walking around sipping on this patron and uh, he's like, I have to drink tequila because I, I drank, a, I gave him a bottle of bullet rye on his 21st birthday. I guess he took it home and drank the whole thing and it was bad. So he's like, I, I don't, I don't do whiskey now. I, I can just do tequila. <laughs> so, so he's drinking tequila out of the bottle and walking around. And he's like, what are you guys doing out here? And I was like, we're hanging in the rain. You should come. It's so fun. He goes, all right, hold on. So he runs back in the house and he gets like a bathing suit on or shorts or something like that. And so he's no shirt, shorts, comes back out in the rain with us. And there's this like divot at the front yard of the Airbnb. So it turned into a river and it was probably 18 inches deep. And he sat down in it and you couldn't see his bottom half because it's like up to about his belly button. So you just see this top half of a naked man drinking Patron in the front yard. Okay. <laughs> By the way, like Thomas was probably a little bit tipsy. Kim and I are not drinking at all we're just being childlike it was super fun so this was not like a weird belligerent thing but it started get turning that way so then we're sitting outside the three of us and just like this is so cool and uh Jacqueline uh Lathrop comes out she's like what are you guys doing and we're like we're hanging in the rain and she goes woohoo and she pulls her shirt off she's in her bra and she runs out into the into the uh rain in the front yard just going wee you know what I mean? And dancing around. And I was like, okay, guys, probably like I'm having fun too, but let's not like stand right under the big trees because the lightning is like, wah, wah, you know, it's like, geez, Louise, this weather's getting intense. Let's all get outside. So then Justin's like, what are you guys doing out here? And he's still got this probably this, this uh, nine foot Slayer retic around him. And she's, and Jacqueline's like, come on, honey, we're dancing in the rain. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So he takes his shirt off 
takes his pants off. He's in his skivvies with a nine foot snake in like suburb, suburbia, Chicago runs out there. So now we have a bunch of like half naked, drenching, wet, drenched, wet adults dancing around in the rain in this crazy storm. We found out just to give you a context on the storm. We found out a little bit later that a tornado had touched down like 20 miles from where we were. So <laughs> anyways, it was a moment. It was pretty fun. We got out there and you could tell there was some crazy weather because like I said, it was like big, warm, fat raindrops. And then all of a sudden it was like switch and then it got really cold and miserable. And we're like, yikes. <laughs> we hit the different part of the storm came through or something. Mm. We're like, ah, and everyone started running inside and all that kind of stuff. It was crazy. Yeah, you're right. It does sound like a, a Cusco type of moment. I mean, honestly, growing that was up, the highlight. Yeah, that sounded like Tuesday for me growing up. So that would that would have been <laughs> <laughs> would have fit right in. It would have been right up my alley, hundred percent. I may have lost all of my clothing at some point and started sliding across the grass. Who knows? I, I don't know. Um, oh, if that if it hadn't gotten cold, I'm sure we were definitely heading there <laughs> rapidly, especially with that crowd. <laughs> It was crazy. Uh, the, the wildest it moment was, I'd say for us was, you know, Friday, at least as far as the show, is at the end of the night at Nick's place. And uh, Jesse had a lot of the crew from the, the shop and some other friends and stuff. And uh, one of them was getting pretty turned up a little bit and just like sticking his finger into the, uh, the lychee hide log. And Nick has these big, great danes running around the house and it wasn't anything compared to the the outside in the storm it wasn't nearly as as fun as that but it was still it was still getting to a point where it was like ooh, the energy started to get like almost Childish. anything can happen here <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep. so so you know i mean like we have these gracious uh sponsors for this liquor like steve livingston that brought us this stuff the 1792 of the show and things like that and so you know we're not opposing brian you know needs child protection services called on him for how much he shops for liquor with his children or whatever i don't know <clears throat> so we're not like opposed to that kind of stuff but when it's really fun is when you don't need any help and you're just it's sa a Sunday night. You had a good show. Met a lot of good friends, great people, and you're just giddy from the weekend. Like I didn't have anything to drink that night but water, you know. Mm. And man, I was just like the the frame was cracked, but my friends Dan and Kevin stepped up. I had a, another truck to tow home with, which obviously that was I know it's just a story or whatever if you're listening to it. But if you're living it and you're driving through downtown Chicago with a crack frame in a trailer that's going bounce, bounce off the road, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> going to kill everyone. <laughs> uh, that's not fun, you know what I mean? It becomes very <laughs> stressful. So all that stress is done. It's over. You can see the light of the tunnel. Just get a nice big tornado and thunderstorm. It's time to run outside. Maybe right. strip some clothes off I or can feel it, dude. Is. I can feel dude, it, dude. It was get, fun. I toured in a band fun. for a long time, man. Like, life was like that on a regular basis. It was... Yeah. Yep. I know what you're talking and, about. It's, there's nothing you know like it, funny? man. Nothing like I thought it. about you. I thought about you on that porch. I'm pretty sure I told Kim, I'll have to ask her if I mentioned it out loud or not, but I was like, if Brian Cusco was here right now, he would be in that rain. And then I was like, heck if 30 years hadn't the last 30 years hadn't gone by i would be in that rain and then i was like why am i not in that rain <laughs> it's time to go in the rain <laughs> good man but it started with you <laughs> good man good man <sighs> so you're still having an influence even though you weren't there that's good to hear i do miss you man i i'm, I'm not a fan of doing these apart uh, because that means that 
More than a month has gone by since we've got to hang out in person, which is mildly depressing. Uh, mm. it, it, just mildly. It's okay. I'm a, I'm a big boy now. I can, you know, I cannot see friends for a while, and, and it's okay. And We just always pick up right where we left off because that's what good friends do. But, um, man, I sure would love to do the next one of these in person. It would be fantastic. I don't know if that's possible or not, but it would be great. Mm. A little bird told me that maybe Daytona is coming up soon, so we'll have to see what happens with that. Yeah, this is this is June. Daytona is August, so we're talking about uh, uh, more than oh, another. We have to do another one Ugh. remotely, right? We're gonna have to figure that out. So, for those of you guys listening, may not know about our location sponsorship with this podcast, <laughs> where you can actually pay me and Brian to come podcast. So, we've had several people do this. Uh, sometimes it is a reptile show where they'll pay. We have a set price. You can hit us up um, if you want to know what that price is. Um, we've had some people do shows. We've had uh, well, the C and B reptiles thing was like that. Not the grand opening, but before that, they paid. Um, those guys to have us come out we podcast from from uh, their backyard and then uh, you know so, some people I don't think we've done one of these yet maybe I, I don't remember but um, some people have you. talked about well, okay so I'll we've had you, well, what quite a few you're talking about I'll tell you if it's happened or not yeah a lot of people have talked about just having like a group of five friends split the cost and fly us out to their city and podcast from their living room but we haven't done anything like that one yet right nope We've had a few people say they were going to do that, mm-hmm. and then it and then it hasn't happened. So, right. so anyways, um, shoot, man, if you guys want me and Brian to just come hang out at your place for the night, hit a bunch of your friends up, pull the money together, let's do it in June, in July, so we can make it happen. And I was going to be too busy to go anywhere or do anything in July, um, but now the bank is jerking me around, and sounds like we might even have to delay the the closing date on my building well, what is the really second cool. weekend of july looking like for you it's coming up pretty quickly just yeah, out of curiosity now. everything's changing like i said i'm not sure okay well we'll talk about this we'll talk look. about this later but maybe maybe there's something Why, what's the second weekend of july going on with you well i know uh that i will be in san diego at mj's barbecue with dave kaufman and oh bunch of other people oh, i don't know if i was supposed to say that whatever <laughs> everybody go to mj's house Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> i mean just since he gave you such a uh, stunning review on the the first animal wise tv uh video in two years maybe maybe that might be the spot i mean maybe that's the spot that i don't have i don't know yeah. put it out there huh? Should be fun. Well, I, you know, actually, he was talking to me at the show about, you know, getting me on to come on the podcast finally, because I haven't done that on his podcast yet. So, unfiltered reptiles, right? So, yep. no, um, um, no tra- uh, trap talk, trap talk. Oh, okay. Well, well unfiltered is with Des and, and Steven. That was the one that was doing with Forrest before Forrest passed. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember which one he was talking about having me on, but yeah, whichever one. So maybe we'll just kill all those birds with one stone. That could be something. All right, all right, universe. This is going on. <laughs> on this is there's time from the time that this airs. There's time to make it happen. Make it happen. That's been it's been pretty good. It's been a pretty good little run. I like these podcasts. What do you guys think? 
I like him better in person. I'm like, gonna... subscribe, comment below. No, just kidding. Oh, wait, <laughs> this is on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. Well, it's on YouTube. Oh. It's also on all the audio platforms that you could possibly imagine using, like Spotify and Apple Play and all, all those major, you know, Google Play or whatever, all, all those major. It's there. You know, it's funny. Is I, I wish there was a way to listen to a podcast and filter only my voice out. I know everyone else is thinking the same thing, too. But like when I was on the road uh, and just killing time for those 20 hours or whatever, I was like, man, you know, I really want to listen to the one with like Rob and Jeremy again. Or I really want to go back and listen to the one where we talked about this or, you know what I'm saying? So we've had a lot of interesting conversations and guests and and just even conversations with you and I. Honestly, uh, the last one that we did in Phoenix was a really good one. You, you were always saying that was the podcast that you wanted to do. What's the title of that one? Do you remember? Um, well, actually, the last one we did was in Arlington with uh, Bradley from Connected by Creatures. That no, was the, that was... I meant the I, I meant because we did two in Phoenix. I meant the last one we did in Phoenix. The one we oh, were by gotcha. the pool. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Actually, um, they were both by a pool. We were by the pool at the Airbnb. <laughs> um, the title of it... Was. I'm just I'm just asking in case anyone wants to go jump onto that one next or whatever because you said that was the kind of podcast you always wanted to have from the inception of this thing. Right, right, right. I'm I'm looking it up right now just so I can give you a, a name um, of, yeah. of, or episode number at the very least. It was what the heck is going on here? Is it, it shows 22 and then it shows 19? At least YouTube's weird. Okay. Um, this so the second to the second one that we did in Phoenix, right? It was uh, episode twenty one, and the title of it is "The Problem with These People Is They Don't Speak English Properly." <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, I'd love to go back and listen to those things. I just can't listen to myself talk that much, so I don't go back and listen to a lot of these. Yeah, but well. At least I get to be there the first time around. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, dude. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, shoot, man. Listen, uh, I, I've got, um, I've got, per my own critical task, I, well, I can't fail my first day of critical task cross-off stuff. It says, says no uh -oh. eating after 9 p.m. And I have been way below my calorie count for the day. So I, I think I probably should eat something so that tomorrow doesn't become... Probably ice cream. No, 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 no. I Maybe ate Swedish all that fish. This, I ate all that. <laughs> I ate all of that already. I was Are you thinking fat more shaming uh, yourself. Yeah, no, I, I I had a pint of uh, vanilla cherry Hagen Dazs last night after you know several glasses of, of whiskey and a cigar and a chicken patty melt thing and it, it was it was a bit much. Let's just let's just jeez. I got a new protein shake thing. That's Good. what I did. That's what I've Good. been up to. Good for you. I'm I'm getting I'm getting back in it. Hit the push ups today. I'm I'm on I'm on go mode. We'll see us in a month. It'll be or maybe maybe less than a month since we're late on this one for the first time ever. Uh, <laughs> that's possible. Do we have to be late on all of them from now on, or do we go back no, to the? No, we want we need to go back to the seventeenth. The seventeenth is a special mm. date for me. We're going back to the seventeenth. Okay. Sounds good. This one. We, we, we made an exception because of the extreme busyness and then the ability to talk about Schomburg and all, all of the that reasons. Was, that. I think it was good. Yeah, it was good strategic timing for when yeah. to have this conversation. So. No, it definitely worked, man. Although cool, I... Cool, cool. Person, person, in person. It's, it's too, I guess, spoiled. 
spoiled doom in a person then now we're doing we it are right. spoiled we have some awesome listeners some generous people that's Between very true all the drink sponsorships the location sponsorships just we'll the, call it blessed the people that show up and give us support uh there is a community page on on uh, facebook if you guys want to look up searchables reptiles community that's a really good page it's just the random conversations will pop up on there that i thoroughly enjoy so yeah that, that you should for definitely sure. be a part of that yeah, and they pop up, uh, and Matt makes a post there about every, as often as we put out a podcast, so it's, like, kind of perfect. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. Works well. But when they pop up, it's like, oh, another one, yay! <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think I think it's a perfect amount. We plan to do this. We've stuck with it, the, the, the amount that we're putting out. I think it's perfect. Yeah, it works for us. We're yeah. about that motivated. Once a month, we can have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's motivation. I think you and I are busy, bro. We both yes. have to have lists for 100%. what we got to get done in a day, or we just get pulled away by everything else. That's 100% accurate, man. That's exactly what yeah. it is. Well, I'm looking forward to looking into your eyes instead of into this uh, computer screen and camera next time. <laughs> see, see, for me, in order to stare into your pupils, I have to look at this freaking thing where I'm not looking at it. If I, if I look at you on the screen... Then it doesn't look like I'm looking at you. Well, it does now because you're doing me a favor and looking into the camera instead of actually. It. This is my tree. This is oh, that's what we need. We need some kind of thing. We need, we need a camera where it's like in the center of the screen, and you can just center it on the person's pupil that you're talking to. That's <laughs> so you can make more eye contact. Right. So you can actually just be looking at the person on the screen, and then you have to like you somehow keep the camera. It would, it would, this is, we're talking about slightly advanced technology here, but have the camera be wherever their pupil is. Nah, you could just use one of those little like dentist mirrors or something. Yeah, yeah. Old maybe. school tech, man. Yeah. Well, you, to look directly into the pupil, you have to look directly into the pupil. There's no way around it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, have fun at church tomorrow. You'll have to let me know how that goes. Oh, yeah. I will. It'll be a cultural experience for you. Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. I'm looking forward to a new experience like that, so... Yeah, the one thing I would say is I think a lot of people have uh they feel a certain way about stuff even you know so I just go into it with an open mind see what happens. Hey man, you know what I mean. That's how I try to go into every situation I walk into ever in my life, and it, it's worked out pretty well for me so far. So, for sure, yeah. All right, buddy. Well, have a good one. This is you Garrett too, signing off. <laughs> All right, bro. I'll I'll talk to you soon, man. I'll I'll call you before too long. All right. right, See you, everybody. Have a good night, man. Searchable as a reptile.